0: This is Robin from Expat Diaries podcast, and today I'm so excited. I got to visit with Paul Bond um, yesterday, day before, and we kind of just touched base and kind of learned a little bit more about each other. And as with everybody that I'm speaking with, like a whole different layer of flavors just unfold, and I get to learn more and more about the humans that make the trek to become expats and what their life is like, what their experiences are like, and everybody's is different. So I just really want to um, allow Paul to share his experience today. And I do have to tell you, so um, Paul is an artist, gallery owner, surfer, husband, and probably a ton more dad. And um, I got to go to, I went to your website today at paulbondart.com and um, I got to experience your art. So if anybody's watching paulbondart.com. I'll put the link in the comments. It is um, so enchanting is like probably the word that I would come up with, like just um, meaning like I look at one piece of it and then I look at the other piece of it and I look around like just one piece of art and there's so much to consume there and to absorb. I loved the uh, fantasy feel of it. Uh, That's probably not even the right word for it, but I loved just the way that it it made me feel to look at it and then to watch your video and your story. So super interesting. Um, so you're originally California native. Tell me about your first visits to Costa Rica.
1: Yeah. Well, thanks, Robin. And nice to be here with you. Um, yeah. And I came, as you mentioned, a California surfer. Uh, grew up in Southern California. I literally was looking in a surfer magazine and I saw a picture of Pavonas. And this was in, in 1989, I think. Um, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I gotta, I gotta go there. So I took a trip. This is when you could still camp on the beach down in Bajonas, and you know, meals were a couple of dollars. And I just, I fell in love. And I, because I was born in Mexico, I'm fluent in Spanish, and so I like, got, I was befriended by like the local Tico surfers, and um, it was like an instant welcoming. And I came back the next year. I came back. I've been back multiple times now to Pavones. And at one point early on, I thought I was going to buy a property there. And it, it ended up not happening. But there's, it's been an ongoing love affair with Costa Rica, for sure.
0: I made my first trip to, and I've been to Costa Rica several times, been down, been all the way from uh, Nicoya all the way to, all the way down to Panama. But we made our first, um, actually went to Pavones for the first time December before last, so December 22, and mm. it was just, I mean, it's still, I think, I feel like it's probably the same town you probably visited in, mm-hmm. you know, when yeah. it first came, like, it hasn't changed a lot.
1: Not much. Yeah. Not much. Yeah.
0: And, you know, the, the roads there, you know, aren't great, but they're not horrible, not like when you're over, like, in Guanacaste, and you have to beat your brains out just trying to go down the road, um, mm-hmm. but it's so beautiful, and it's so worth it, and uh, literally, there were, surfers literally that were sleeping on the beach like it mm-hmm. was daytime they'd already probably been surfing and it was a break between tides and so yeah. they did just napping and it was just <laughs> a, a lovely lovely place yeah. yeah so i i understand that and you know i didn't find out even though we talked about it yesterday i didn't find out until i was on your website that you were born in mexico and mm-hmm. so i was like when I, when I was digesting some more stuff about you so i didn't even know that about you're being bilingual already before you got here. So that had to help a ton.
1: Yeah, it did. And I think it, um, I, to be honest with you, I don't know that I would have moved to Costa Rica if I wasn't bilingual. Um, and, I, and if I wasn't comfortable with the Latin culture, it, I think it would have been a much more challenging move. And and about 15 years ago or so, I was I almost moved to Puerto Oh uh, I almost took a job there. And so, you know in the last 15 to 20 years it started being on my mind again to maybe do live in another country it's always been a a desire to do that but yeah and you know and now being here speaking spanish i feel i'm still working my way into like friend deeper friendships with the with some of the ticos that i've gotten to know and and i'm getting there but it's been a big advantage for sure
0: i'm sure absolutely and it's something i work on every day so i'm i am not great at it and it's funny because I, I will try every time like, I will like I will perfect a phrase, I'll put myself in the perfect situation for it. And inevitably, I will say it and then they, they look at me like this. <laughs> like, I have no idea what you said. I'm like, I know I said it properly. And so it gets a little intimidating at times for sure. Yeah. Um, so I know that you um, when we talked about like you you had came several times to Costa Rica, but it was never really your intention to move here. What what changed your mind?
1: I got remarried. my My current wife, we we met in two thousand eight, and I think either that year, within a year or two after that, her mom bought a piece of property here uh, wow. in Costa Rica. Yeah, she she did. She got on one of those. Um, she lived in she lives in Florida. She got on one of those um, advertisements like we'll fly you down, show you right. property hopefully you'll buy something from us. So she ended up in in, uh, in um, Ohachal, which is where we live, um, toured this area and bought a piece of property, beautiful piece of property, with the intention that she was gonna retire here. And she didn't end up retiring here, her life took a, a different turn, um, but she passed, she gave us the property mm-hmm. three, four years ago now. And mm-hmm. so that like, that obviously it's like, okay, well, what do we do with this? Do we we've got a vacation place now, you know, and it morphed over the course of a few years to us deciding to move here on a how big day.
0: is how big is the piece of property?
1: It's two and a half acres.
0: Nice, good size. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. And it's just beautifully oriented. I mean, we have, you know, I've got a fruit orchard going, so we got nice south facing. We in fact I look out could almost see you you're down in Golfito area i look down on the osa peninsula so if i could see over the hills i could see you and i could see Bavona. so the fact that i look out on on the osa peninsula which to me i think it's one of the most magical places on earth you know um, yeah yeah so you know it's funny
0: because for people who so a lot of the times i'm talking to people who may not have even been here yet mm-hmm. or um have been but haven't like it's hard to consume all of it like um, and haven't been to the different areas, but one of the things that I found so refreshing, um, when I travel, anyways, for leisure, I I never go anyplace touristy. I don't travel like a tourist. I will literally find some obscure place, rent a house somewhere, go to the grocery store, start walking in the little small shops, and if there's a, um, one of my favorite things was in antennas. Um, a lot of the smaller towns in Costa Rica will always have a city center, right? And there's mm-hmm. a park in the center, and then there's a church on one side and then there's a soccer field or football field on the other mm-hmm. side. And mm-hmm. it's always set out like that. So like that's where I always gravitate to because I want to be like right there in the middle of that. Um yeah. and, and I just I love I love that part of it. And so if you haven't been here or you've only been to a touristy portion of Costa Rica, you owe it to yourself to head in the different areas. So get away from Tamarindo, get away from Haka, whatever. And whenever you just see undisturbed beach where the jungle just grows right up to the beach, like it's (laughs) jungle and then it opens up into beach and there's no restaurants, there's no houses, no resorts, just what you want to see. Like I'm always surprised. And I know you being a surfer, probably it's just so breathtaking to get in the water and then turn around and look back at the shore.
1: Oh god! And then the, there's a pair of scarlet macaws flying by, and I'm, it's like a Disney movie, right? It's like yeah. Snow White. <laughs> it's
0: a beautiful mountain range, you yeah. Know, behind that, it's just, it's just so, it's so beautiful. It's so funny because, like, there are times when I will, um, if I'm house sitting for a friend of mine, and I'm like in Oachala or in Uvita, and they're up in the mountain. And I have got up that morning and washed my laundry and I've hung it out on the line to dry and I head into town or head to the beach or do whatever and I turn and I look and I go, holy crap, there's clouds up there. It's probably raining up there. I got to go back home and get the laundry in because <laughs> I know they're going to be wet by the time I get back there.
1: uh uh-huh.
0: <laughs> Okay. So, um, so then, so you and Donna then decided that you were going to start building your vacation home here on this two and a half acres. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. um, this is kind of interesting because I, um, I want to tell you, I want you to tell them the story about this, because there's kind of a wild card thrown in there that nobody could have saw coming.
1: Yeah. Well, so we, you know, we, my wife and I definitely live by you know, we're, we just, we live, we're open and we're expecting the best and things just kind of unfold organically, beautifully to our advantage. Um, there's ch- not without its challenges, but so when her mom offered us the property, um, Donna had never been here. So we, we came down and we looked at it. She's like, yeah, this is pretty cool. I mean, yeah, we'll take it. You know, what's the worst that could happen? We'll if nothing happens, we'll sell it down the line or something, you know. And um, so we did the transfer, and about a year later, we uh, my father who had died previously, his wife died, and then they they liquidated the estate. Um, so between my siblings and I, we received not a huge amount of money, but like just enough to build a house on. And my wife was saying we, up to that year, because we tried to get a home equity loan on our house in California, and we couldn't get enough to do anything worthwhile. She's like, well, when the money falls out of the sky, we'll, we'll do something with it. So thanks dad, the money, fell, the money fell out of the sky and it was it was just enough to do what we wanted to do like with a house that like we felt good about. And you know, and I think Robin too is like, maybe our experience has been quite different because I, I run into people who have worked and a lot really hard and, and then retired and they saved their money and built and they had to be really conscious about like exactly where they spend every dollar and it's not that we weren't conscious, but like the, the property and the money were given to us. and It was like it was like play. Right. It was like funny money. Yeah. And It's like, all right. You know, and again, it's like we build this house like where's the worst happen? We'll sell it. We'll probably have a little profit. So it was all very, it was all very easy and fun, you know. And, and because we weren't building it like this is where we're going to live the rest of our lives. It's like, well, let's build it in a way that it would be a place we'd want to go visit, you know. Um, so it was a very different energy around it in terms of how it evolved for us. And so, uh, so we built, we started building right at COVID, um, right when COVID started and they closed the borders and we couldn't get back into Costa Rica. So we had to do everything online through WhatsApp, through videos, through phone calls with our builder, who's, who, who is American, that made it easier because they're they're savvy enough to send us what we needed to see. Right. And again, we had this kind of playful attitude about it like I wasn't at all stressing that I couldn't be here, you know, and in hindsight and our builder even said this, he's like, it's probably better. You weren't here because you would have been, (laughs) you would have been trying to change things that really didn't need to be changed. You know, there's a couple of things we might've done differently, but they're pretty minor. So again, it it just unfolded beautifully. And then we, you know, we came here and the house was 95% done and, you know, we showed up here at night in January of the following year and, my wife and I just like sat here and the stars, the Milky Way was out and we just like started crying. We're like, what the hell? We're like, where, did come, where did this come from? Where did all this come from? You know?
0: <sighs> it's and, amazing. It's amazing. I, I, and tell me about, tell me about your house. Cause I know that you were telling me about the size of it and what else you built.
1: Yeah. So we built, uh initially we built a, a, about an 18, 18, 1900 square foot three bedroom, two bath house. Again, the way we're oriented. So we're surrounded on, Three sides by the rainforest, like no houses, people around. Right. Uh, And then we looked down on Playa Tortuga, and then down on Osa Peninsula, and it's you know it's like a what they call the tropical modern, you know, steel frame with a with a hard it's not drywall but it's the hardboard material. We we talked about doing like a Balinese style house, and which was my dream, but it, it it wasn't really in our budget. So, and then when we So we built that. And then when we made the decision to move here, which was about two and a half years after that, and we sold our home in California, we added uh, another 800 square foot. So it's an art studio. My wife, who's a a coach and consultant and does uh, women's retreats here, uh, her office, and then an an extra little bedroom loft space up there. So we have, we've got a, we joke, we've got a compound, you know, I think a legit compound here now. So I love um, it. Yeah. More house and we, probably need, but you know, I've got kids and grandkids and um, so it's a good, it's a good place for people to come hang out.
0: So speaking of kids and grandkids, like I, I always think like how that's probably some of the most difficult decisions, right? So if your family are still in the States and it feels like I'm, I'm escaping and I'm abandoning you and I'm leaving you behind. So <laughs> how does the family feel about your guys's transition, yours and Donna's transition?
1: Yeah, well, One of the things that made it pretty easy for us is that my mother lives in, I was in California she lives in Colorado, so I don't see her actually any less than I did before. Now, my kids both relocated to Tennessee and I see them probably about the same as I did because I either see them up in the U.S. or they come down here, so that made it easy for us. I think had everyone been locally in one spot, it might have felt a little differently. For sure, my wife's family was is spread out around the country, so yeah, so that made it easy. You know, I think the hardest thing was the friends, the friendships. You know, the friends that lived in where we where we were located. But I can easily say we probably have three times as many friends now, just in the course of a year and a half, like really deep, like-minded friendships. Right. You know, you I
0: know, love, that. I love you know. that, and so I know that you have have had a gallery in California still yes
1: y- yeah I do have a I do have a gallery space in California correct yeah okay.
0: and then you um, opened a gallery in Uvita. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. yeah there's there's uh, five other artists or six of us that opened the gallery together so um, between our work we're also promoting Costa Rican artists who have mm, there's not a lot of infrastructure here for for the arts I was one of the things I was surprised about. Um, that the cultural elements they certainly exist but it's not as rich as I think it could be so we're we're making a goal to uh to promote Costa Rican artists as much as possible and there's some fantastically talented ones you know and so so gallery 1084 that's our our gallery in Ubita
0: and tell uh, me tell me what that stands for
1: yeah gal, gallery I'm sorry it's Galleria 1084 the numbers 1084.com um so the coordinates are uh, for this area are the longitude and latitude are 1084. I mean we rounded we rounded it up, but that gives us like a sense of location for it. So when we pick the name, it's like okay, this is X marks the spot and also trying to honor you know the local community that we've kind of immersed ourselves into.
0: For sure. For sure. Um, So I know we talked about this yesterday. Um, Of all of the struggles and difficulties with moving to another country, what's the most surprising thing that you've had to deal with that was like really unexpected? Like, I expected this, this, and this. I'd already heard stories about this and this, but this is the thing that I was like, I didn't expect that.
1: So when we, prior to moving here, we were renting our house and we had a property manager. We had Uh, an escrow or our property manager and an escrow company like paying our bills.
0: Oh, the house that you built, you were renting out.
1: We were renting out. Yeah. Prior to moving here. Um, So we weren't dealing with the day-to-day management, the day-to-day like financial piece of it, finding people to do repairs. We had someone handling all that. We didn't own a car here. So like we would pop in, rent a car, drive down from the airport. Everything was set up in the house and we'd have our fun, drive home buy home, but living here, there's as I was mentioning, there, there's a, quite a fair amount of life management. Like, you know, especially if you're on the in uh, in the jungle coastal areas versus the central valley. You know, the, our, our builder likes to say, you know, the, the jungle's always trying to eat your house <laughs> and everything you own, right? So you're, you're fighting back the jungle, you're fighting the mold, you're you know, you know, opening the bank accounts and dealing with the, the banking issues. How do I want to say this? I I think that the inefficiency of how a lot of things are run in Costa Rica, like it's through me a little bit. And because coming from the U S and even coming from Europe, I think people like you expect things to work and they're, they're kind of dialed in and Costa Rica has this charming dysfunctionality to it. Right. That's that once you kind of figure it out and you know how to work with it, it's like you work with it, right? But, but until it. until then, I was fighting it. I was fighting it. I'm like, why is this not the way I expect it to be? It, it's a, it was a big exercise in release and surrender. Um, I,
0: the funniest thing I ever witnessed at all. So we had met with our attorney in San isidro and we needed to get our bank account set up. And so he sent us to... Um, a bank in San Ysidro, and he like sent us with all the documents we would need, everything. And we go in, and we're in San Ysidro, so it's a bigger city, so it's a bigger bank. It's not like the one in Uvita. <laughs> and mm-hmm. there's like row after row after row after row of these chairs, like not a bench, not anything. These just these chairs. And the most, I mean, to me, it was like the most. I literally videoed it because it was so hysterical that when somebody got called up, everybody stood up. I moved one seat to the right or whichever way they needed to go and then sat back down again. And this went on over and over and over again. And it was like to watch the, and it was serpentine, right? So it was like this, the whole thing was like this and everybody would move and then you'd move to the row up front and then everybody would move down. And it was so funny to me. Like I literally was like, I got tickled every time it happened and I was in there for like four hours.
1: Right. Well, that's, that's like that beautiful Dysfunction, and, and that's not a dysfunctional thing really necessarily, but it's like probably in the US or the DMV, everyone would have just stayed in their seat, right? There would have yeah. just some yeah. someone would have sat in that empty yeah. seat or whatever. But they're doing this like little dance, you know, kind yeah. of thing. And and it, I find that even in the in Ojai where we live, there's a lot of one-lane bridges here, mm-hmm. so you have to stop for each other. And yeah, that one
0: sure,
1: by two. Like, sure. Yeah, and and you like you wave at the other person coming the other way, right? It's they could have built the bridge a little bit bigger. So two cars could have got by, no problem. But, it, but they're one lanes, right? And you have to slow down and you have to stop and you get to wave at the person. And yep. it's like, that's the other side of, of the coin. Yeah.
0: And so then I know that you have now, since you're down there, um, you guys have bought vehicles. And I know a lot of the forums that I'm in, there's people always asking like, how do you buy a car? How do you buy a car? How do you buy a car? And so I think you experienced two different levels of it. So, you know, tell mm-hmm. everybody like what your experience was with getting your vehicles.
1: Yeah, so we bought the first car through a dealership here in Uvita. used uh, a used uh, price price auto, a used vehicle. Yeah, and you know, good people. I like the people at the dealership, Um, but we definitely, you know, at a dealership, you're going to pay. I don't know what the premium might be. Of you know, it could be a quarter, a quarter more, you know, twenty five percent more than you would private party. But it came with a um, insurance policy. It came with twelve month warranty. They had an attorney to deal with the paperwork. So it's like, it felt easy at the time. Right. Uh, After being here for a year, we kind of figured out a little bit more of the ropes. We used a broker um, who I also recommend, uh, CR Car Hunters. Mm -hmm. His name is Benicio. Um, CR Car Hunters, I think is his business name. Um, And for quite a minimal fee, he'll help you source a car. Most of them come from San Jose area, have it checked out send videos, and I okayed it all, and then flew, flew in there, um, saw it in person, signed off on it, we did the paperwork. You know, that didn't have a warranty, so I was like taking some chances. But yeah, the car thing, that, that is another thing that threw me being here is like how expensive cars are and how not as easy it is to find a car and get it checked out, especially because often they're in a g- different geographic area than, than where you live. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So did the second one work out well for you?
1: It did work out well, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're in the shop a lot because we're up a mountain road and suspensions are going out, or you know that kind of thing.
0: I told so. my I told my business partner when we first started talking about moving down there. Well, when we first started talking about moving down there, we had only been over to the Nicoya or to Guanacaste, and those roads are. Brutal. I don't know if you've been mm-hmm. over they're, they're brutal. Like they're they're like hang on to something because you're going to be rocking so hard you may knock yourself out on the side window. like That's <laughs> yeah. how bad they are. And so I yeah. told her. I said, you know, I said for a while Cadillac made a truck, and we yeah. all know Cadillac has the best suspension. I said they don't make them anymore, but if we could find a Cadillac pickup to bring down there to mm-hmm. ship down there or whatever, like I think it would make the ride a little bit better. And she's like. Mm-hmm. You Think like I don't know if it would or not, and then thank goodness like we discovered the southern zone. And even though um you know the going up and the going down is a bit much, the highways are so nice, and most of the roads yeah. are so nice. Where they aren't over there, like they're right. just, just you literally just run out of pavement really quickly. Um, yeah. But I, that's the first thing I was thinking about is like what vehicle should have the best suspension on it because that's the one I want.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I probably well, the- to
0: put more, put more on too. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I think. For anyone moving here, talking to people that are living here, getting uh, establishing a good mechanic relationship is is key because they'll also dial you in on like what cars are they seeing are holding up the best, you mm-hmm. know, kind of thing too. So, well,
0: it's yeah. funny because I work in the states. I have um, I work in the automotive industry, anyways, and so it's so it's always so interesting to me to see uh, models that aren't available in the U.S.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
0: um, was a lot of Mitsubishi dealers in the U.S. that only have like four uh, models available to them in the U.S. I'll mm-hmm. come down and be like seeing all of these different Mitsubishi SUVs, um, Toyota, uh, the uh, Fortuner, the product, all of those things like aren't available. They're available mm-hmm. in Central America, but not there. Mm-hmm. And so it's like super interesting to me, too, because yeah. I, I live in that I live in that world. So right. Right. Uh, that was interesting. So. So, so Donna's family was all good with the move also. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think everyone kind of thought we were a little nuts. Um,
0: <laughs> That's what I was waiting for.
1: Right. Because we had, we have a, had a really kind of cushy setup in California. We owned a house with a two point something percent mortgage. And wow. it's like on paper, it's like, why would you even be doing this? You know, and sometimes I still think maybe we should have kept that house, but anyway, what's done is done. But um yeah, it was a little, and again, Robin, because I think, because we live our lives, like, with, when, as we see, as new experiences open themselves up, we see a door, and we're like, okay, this feels kind of cool, or exciting, let's walk through this door and see what happens, so the the Costa Rica door opened wide, the, Cal- the U.S. life, nothing, we were not running away from anything, no, there's no doors closing there, right. like, this felt more expansive, this felt like a new adventure that, probably if we didn't do it now, I'm, I'm turning 60 this year. My wife's in her late fifties. Like one of those things, if we don't do it now, I don't know that we would do it in another 10 years. I mean, maybe we would have, but yeah. Um, That's so. funny. I,
0: I turned 60 this year also. Um, mm. I'm the end of the baby boomers.
1: Yeah. And, yeah.
0: and I grew up in California also. And, and I was telling you, when we were talking like I was really just looking for that experience that I had when I was growing up, that sense mm-hmm. of community. I mean, I'm telling you, my neighbor would whip my butt. Like, if I got, if I did something and my mom wasn't home, like, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, Marilyn, who was the lady across the street, would literally tan my hide. <laughs> I was like, holy crap, Marilyn's coming for me, run. <laughs> so, um, yeah. but that sense that somebody was always, uh, I never felt alone. If, you know, if my mom mm-hmm. was working, whatever, even though I have brothers, and sisters, I never felt alone because I was in my neighborhood, I was in my community. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like that again, whenever I, um, Every time I get off the plane, I'm just like, oh, I'm home. I felt mm-hmm. I feel like that. It's just a sense. And I live my life along the same uh, principles you do, too. Like, I don't question a lot. I just go, this is interesting. Why was this put in front of me? This is something I must need to explore. And then um, and I and I'm really good to um, I respect the pause. So I'm really decisive. I'm like very quick to make decisions about stuff. And I'm very decisive. So when I'm not, I always respect the hesitation that I have and go, Mm. what's this pause? And I need to be in tune to that and go, I'm not making a decision about this right now. I mean, I think I need more data. I need more information to move forward with this. So I love it when people are really guided by their intuition and Mm -hmm. um, look at everything as opportunities. And really, I love how you discovered like this was just like play. And that's how really how your life should be, right? If you're, if you don't feel like that about your life, are you, are you you living your life? Are you living what somebody else thought your life should look like?
1: Exactly. I I think it was, um, oh gosh, who is the, uh, I'm drawing a blank. He was a a British, um, Alan Watts, you know, one of my favorite quotes. He says, you know, man only suffers because he takes seriously what the gods made for play you know, and it's it's true, and, and Costa Rica, like you, you were talking about my art as being enchanting, like, it's so enchanting to me. It's like, it's a, you know, it's a playground. It's challenging in a lot of ways, but it's also like, I don't know, it's, it's there's an opportunity for people to come here and be, and rediscover that playfulness, I think. You mm-hmm. can also get a little jaded too, but. Um, That's a choice too, though. It's a choice, totally, yeah.
0: Absolutely, you know, absolutely. Yeah. So if you could do it all again with what you know now, like I've got all of this knowledge right now and I would do it all again, what would you do differently?
1: Mm. I don't know that I would do anything different. Like I said, the only thing that I sometimes regret is maybe we should have kept that house in the US because I don't, I don't know that, I, that we're going to be here for our, the rest of our lives. Right. And where we had our home in this little beach town, like I could see going back there. But maybe also for my growth, my soul growth, that's wasn't where I was supposed to live out the rest of my life, right? It could have been very safe, but very predictable, right? So maybe there's somewhere even better for us to go. Um, gosh, that's a really good question. And I, I can't say there's any other than that little thing, which again, maybe needed to happen. I, I don't know that I'd do anything, anything differently. Yeah,
0: Because there really isn't. I mean, um, it's funny, because I talk about my business partner Beverly all the time because she's my best friend too, and we mm. we do just about everything together. But we live our lives in different mindsets. Um, mm. I spend my life I, my life's goal is to get her in an abundance mindset mm-hmm. and it's an unlimited mindset, and to be like nothing is conditional. Like, well, if I could do this, then I could have that. Nope, you can just have it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not for that. And so you need to decide that that's what you want and then head in that direction and every day take a step towards that thing right there mm-hmm. without any chains or bondage or anything on you about it. And mm-hmm. um, it's funny because, like, when we, we talk about Costa Rica and um, when we're talking about when we're looking to buy property there, it's like one thing just kept happening after another. And like this one shut down and that one shut down. And the property that we ended up buying, um, this is a true story. So Beverly's fiance, Franz, he lives in Denmark, had a photo on his phone screensaver of this piece of property, of the view from this property out, right? He'd never been to it. I've never (laughs) been to it. And um, so then um, last January, January, 2023, when we were doing all of our due diligence on the hotel that we were looking to buy in Golfito, Bev and I went down by ourselves um, Brian and Franz had gone with us in December. And we went down in January. We were just t- tidying up like the um, the soil test and, and some other things. And um, while we were there, we decided to go um, take a drive up this Tower Road and just look around. We had some extra time to kill. And we, we like found this piece of property. And we we're just looking at it going, this place is amazing. We're like taking videos and pictures or whatever. And um, I messaged to a friend of mine. Um, that we met in Costa Rica. And I'm like, um, Tavi, do you know who owns this property? And he's like, yeah, yeah, my friend, my friend, I'll get you his number or whatever. So we so we, we literally were flying out the next day. So we came back and we were downloading pictures and sent them to Franz. And he like literally took a picture of his stream favorite and went, this has been on my phone for over a year.
1: Oh.
0: And I'm like, <laughs> so I'm going to tell you that he has still never been there yet. He hasn't made it to that piece of property yet.
1: Yeah,
0: <laughs> we purchased it and they were like, when are you going to get to come down? So
1: you, you ended up buying that piece of property. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's a great story.
0: All four of us bought it and he still hasn't got to be there yet.
1: So oh, man. Sure
0: we can squeeze in a short little trip. If not, we're going to be, we'll get to, he'll get to come down like this summer. But it was so funny because we literally did not ever plan on buying vacant land, bare land as it was. Mm-hmm. And it was mm-hmm. easier for us just to find something that was already established. And then uh, we, we went to it two different times. And then I, um, Beverly and I went back again. Uh, we were house-sitting for Susan in May, I think. And then my husband, Brian, and I were down there again later in the year. And then we went to it again. And then finally I was like, look, why are we talking? Because Franz kept looking to buy property in Zancudo. And I'm like, mm. why, 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 why? First of all, us buying property on the beach is almost impossible, We're not residents, we're not Ticos, and we would have to have a Tico that owned 51% of it. Like we we, we could buy it, we couldn't build on it. We couldn't do Mm -hmm. anything else on it. And Mm -hmm. he just kept going back to Zancudo because he wanted to be on the beach. I'm like, I'm telling you, the mosquitoes are horrible. You want to be at elevation. We want to get away as much as we can and get up to the cooler zones. And so finally, when um, Brian and I were there the last time and we walked it with the owner, and it was so much bigger than I thought it was because I had walked it a couple of times. And it was so much bigger. And he's like, no, 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 we're going to go further this way some more. And I'm like, okay, okay, we're going to go further this way some more. And I'm like, holy crap. And it was just so much more. And and he'd already had all of the hard work done. The topography was done. Mm-hmm. The um, soil test was done. Everything was already done because he had planned on developing it himself. And so um, it was all just laid out perfectly for us to move forward with that. So we were just excited about it. And, I, you know, we're, how it unfolds as to what, you know, what exactly we build on there. I know that you and um, Nate uh, are in the gallery. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, like I reached out to Ben like a couple weeks ago and went, okay, how big were the cabinas on tree of life cabinas? Like, cause that was the first place I had ever stayed when we came to the Southern zone. And mm-hmm. so Ben was telling me the first ones we built were this size, blah, blah, blah. We built them like this. I would probably change these things and because they were so simple in design and they accommodated what needed to, what what anybody needed that was coming to stay, um, and so it's like all of the connections that I've made over the years have all paid into this day. Yeah, we've all yeah. paid to where we are today, and so I'm super grateful for everybody that I've came across in this journey. Um, and I feel like it's taken forever you know, <laughs> to this point because I've wanted it for so long. Um, yeah. I'm so excited now that I'm like, okay, now I'm going to be 60 and i got to work on building a house and building some cabinas and doing all this stuff. <laughs> well, that, it sounds yeah, like fun.
1: Yeah. You know, you're talking about connection. I mean, just what you're doing, what you're offering through this podcast. And as you were asking me, like what the most challenging part was, it was like figuring out how Costa Rica works, you know, but having your connections, talking to people who have been here a while, who have figured some of this stuff out. Is so key it, it, it definitely makes the path a little less rocky you know? it
0: does it does and i i just really want to be that hub for information so that mm. no people who've already done it can tell you you know yeah. not just some jaded keyboard warrior who's angry today about something his electric bill or whatever you know yeah. go stay hey, home you can't afford to even come here why are you <laughs> asking that question i'm like no. right. <laughs> You grumpy old fart! Stop it!
1: Yeah, he probably doesn't even live here, right?
0: <laughs> probably, yeah. not. probably not. Um, yeah. I have so enjoyed visiting with you. I'm going to put the links um, to your art and to Gallery 1084, and even to um, we spoke about um, CR Car um, Hunters. I'm going to put all of those links in the podcast. so Anybody can like find those resources there, but you, you really owe it to yourself to go and um, experience Paul's art. It really is um, just delightful. It's enchanting and it's um, really kind of thought provoking.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you, Robin.
0: Well, I hope you have a great day. There's not there's not many bad days in Costa Rica. So I hope you have a great day and um, we will talk soon again. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye.